Physicians assistants now practice in 60 different medical specialties. Only 38% currently work in the field of primary care. Is specialty medicine the natural evolution of the PA profession? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Lisa DeAndre, physician assistant, and with me today is Ed Lopez. Ed has been a physician assistant and a leader in the profession for 25 years. He is currently the founder and president of La Palma Medicine and Surgical Associates, a healthcare staffing and management consulting firm in Washington State. He is also the current president of the National Association of Physician Assistants in Cardiovascular Surgery, as well as a commissioner of the National Commission on Certification for Physician Assistants, the NCCPA. Today we are discussing the specialization of physician assistants in medicine. Hello, Ed. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Nice to be here. Lisa, I'd just like to say before we begin that the views expressed by me in this interview are solely mine, and in uh, no way are they intended as an expression of a position by the National Commission for Certification of Physician Assistants or any other organization that I represent. Understood. The physician assistant profession got its start in primary care medicine. In the last few years, there's been a shift to specialty medicine. There are so many opportunities now for PAs in cardiovascular surgery, orthopedic surgery, hospitalist medicine, and many other medical specialties. What caused this shift, and why do you think PAs are such a good fit for these roles? Well, I think that the answer to that question is multifactorial. However, I think that the marketplace has shifted dramatically, primarily for the manpower shortage concerns that have arisen over the last 10 to 15 years particularly in the area of uh, residency programs. As everyone knows by now, there has been limited amount of hours that physicians have been able to stay in the hospital during their residency programs. And during that time, a national shortage of manpower came up, particularly in all of the specialties, but in all the residency programs. And as a result, there was question who can fill that manpower area. And during that process, Many organizations got together and said, you know, physician assistants are consideration because of their background, experience, and training, and they are trained in the medical model, in the MD model. And very simply, when, as we all know, when the surgeon today gets paid for performing the procedure, and with the advent of global fee schedules, the practice it loses money when the surgeon spends time doing rounds in the hospital or seeing follow-ups. So instead of the surgeon having to do rounds, having to see patients often in the, in the office and follow-up. It is a perfect fit for physician assistants today because of their experience, their background, their, their core competency in their education and in general medicine, that PAs are an excellent professional to deal with the general medical conditions that um, many of the specialty patients also have medical problems, and the PAs are perfect fits to be able to follow up with them in the hospital as well as in the office. So as a result of that, that has escalated into a a huge growth for physician assistants in the marketplace. How about hospitalist medicine? What is the role of a PA? As we discussed in the past, Lisa, about 13 years ago, the hospitalist notion came to be when a study over in University of California, San Francisco, decided that they would assess whether or not if a patient went to the hospital and were taken care of by a group of dedicated hospital doctors, whether they would be seen sooner, would improve the satisfaction of the patient and the family, whether it would actually 
if not reduce costs, hold down costs, and generally whether it would be a better experience for the patient. Ironically enough, as it turns out, the data began to show that patients did better quicker, they got out sooner, it actually saved hospitals money, and it became more efficient. Well, we in Tacoma, Washington, 12 years ago when we read that study, a small group of us, including myself and five other physicians, decided that we should try that. We were hired by a, an HMO at the time as an experiment in our area. And as it turns out, we were the first physician assistant group in America who almost 13 years ago now started a hospitalist group, and it has grown exponentially. And of course, now in America, we have enough data to show that uh, when a patient gets admitted to the hospital, rather than take away the primary care doctor from the office and have them schlep around all over the community, that the patient can very safely, very effectively be admitted to the hospital, be seen by both the physician and the physician assistant, and leave the hospital healthy and happy, and everyone gets taken care of. So it keeps the primary care doctor in the office doing the things that he or she is being paid to do and does a very good job at doing. For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Lisa DeAndre, physician assistant, and I'm speaking with Ed Lopez, physician assistant and founder and president of La Palma Medicine and Surgical Associates, a healthcare staffing and management consulting firm in Washington State. We are discussing the specialization of physician assistants in medicine. Ed, as more PAs move into specialty practice, how will we meet the needs of primary care medicine? You know, I believe that the marketplace should take care of that need in primary care medicine. I contend that we allow the market to dictate where our profession should be going. We will always have primary care medicine as the core of our being as physician assistants. You know, over 40 years ago, we were born and bred in primary care. But it's time to admit that we've moved beyond that one professional dimension that we were set out to do over 40 years ago when Eugene Stead at Duke, chairman of medicine, felt that a support group of professionals would be able to provide better care for patients, certainly at Duke and in North Carolina. And as a result of the marketplace, the opportunities, the way that healthcare has transcended into something more than just primary care medicine, that today physician assistants are more than just primary care providers. They have the opportunity to enter fields that other specialties would like to use, and they're a perfect fit. We as a profession need to be more nimble, be able to prepare men and women to fill the needs that the healthcare manpower community is requesting. And at a time when, frankly, American healthcare is in a major flux, as we talk to all our presidential candidates, I am excited because I look at this time in our profession as a great opportunity to make a real difference and uh, be able to be part of the solution in healthcare and not just stay in our primary care route. So I'm excited. I'm pumped about it. Who's going to fill that need? I think that PAs will continue to fill that need. But I think that beyond that, primary care medicine will be very different than perhaps what we all remember it to be. If PAs are to assume this expanded scope of practice in specialty medicine and in primary care, do you think that one year of clinical training is still adequate for them? 
Wow. No, I don't. I don't. You know, PA education, as I mentioned, was designed and implemented over 40 years ago, and, and, and fundamentally it remains the same. While healthcare delivery systems and the economic models have changed dramatically over time, I believe the PA profession really was designed and conceived and implemented to be nimble, and it hasn't been. From five or six graduates in 66 to over 65,000 PAs practicing uh, all over this country and all over the world now, it's time for the educational process to change. And it's my belief that because nearly seven out of every 10 available job out there, when you pick up any journal or talk to any healthcare recruiter, is non-primary care, and yet we are graduating primary care physician assistants. It is my belief and has been for several years that it's time for the educational programs to take a hard look at how we are preparing men and women as they graduate to go to the workplace. And perhaps that means another three to six months of electives to give the opportunity for PA students to get the necessary procedural skills, training, and experience that they need to be able to be ready to apply for the jobs. As you may have heard or seen, and I certainly remember, there was a time when I was in school and graduated, like I said, 25 years ago, where you could graduate on Friday. And on Monday morning, joined the practice of Dr. Cadis. We had a, a nurse, a medical assistant, and a front office person. And Monday morning, I was ready to go to work and get a paycheck two weeks later. Today, that's not the standard way of a PA getting a job. Today, many PAs will work for corporations. They'll work for hospital systems. They'll work for large groups of physicians. Now, many PAs are having to apply for privileges at hospitals. So the notion that they graduate on Friday and go to work on Monday in a simple office in a little community of 25,000 people, that's become the exception and not the rule. It's a multi-layered process to prepare young men and women who are graduating for the marketplace. The simple answer is no, I don't believe that the education is adequate, and I believe there should be a process to better prepare men and women not only for primary care, and the complexities, but prepare them for the specialty areas. Thanks to Ed Lopez, who has been our guest discussing the specialization of physician assistants in medicine. I'm Lisa DeAndre, physician assistant, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For questions and comments, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>